Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Multi-family investing made simple the podcast that is all about taking the complexity out of real estate investing. I'm your host, Anthony Vasino of Invictus Capital, joined by Dan. I'm taking the scenic route, Kruger. Mm-hmm. Dan, all whereabouts are you these days? Uh, I'm right over here. Oh, hi. There Hello. he is. Now, if you guys are listening on the podcast, you have no context for this. Did you know that you can go and listen slash watch all our podcast episodes on YouTube? Go to the channel, Multifamily Investing Made Simple. You can watch us right now, share all the things that we're sharing with you. Now, if you're in the car, don't don't do that. That's a bad idea. You should just focus on driving and listening. Now, Dan, today we're going to talk about an interesting topic, which is the swap and drop. The heck is that? That is a a fantastic question. I was hoping you could answer it, but okay, I'll take a shot at it. Mm -hmm. Now, we get a lot of questions in the syndication world from investors saying, hey, can we 1031 out of this deal? So, Generally, when somebody's asking that question, what they're asking is like their individual limited partnership share in the deal. They're wondering, can they 1031 out of that to offset the tax liability and go into a new deal? The answer, no, you cannot because the name on the deed needs to match the the property that you're leaving and the property that you're going to. And you can't do that if you're part of a syndicate or can you enter the swap and drop? Mm. Dan, tell me about the swap. Yeah, it's a tricky little strategy that we, full disclosure, we have not done this, uh, but we got uh, the explanation on how to do this very recently from uh, the go-to guy for this thing in our area, uh, Mr. Jeff Peterson. Quick shout out to to Jeff. So the way you can- And Josh. Oh yeah, Josh Josh too. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. two people. The two very highly respected individuals. And this is a very lesser known strategy that was not on our radar until these two gentlemen thankfully pointed it out to us and we dove into it and it's like, oh, this is really cool. So So the yeah, so like what Anthony said was when you want a ten thirty one from one property to another, uh to successfully do that, the name on the deed of the property you're exiting needs to match the name on the deed of the property that you're going into. Uh, so in the case of a syndication, there's going to be an LLC that holds uh, title to the property. So it would be like 123 Main Street LLC. And so the 123 Main Street LLC needs to be the the, the entity that owns the property that was relinquished and the property that, uh, that it's going into. And so if you've got a syndication with 10, 15, 20 people in there, it's kind of tough for just one person to 1031 out and go into another deal. Can't really do it. Uh, that entity needs to be the one that uh, is in both transactions. And so that could be a little tough because if you need to get 15 or 20 people to all be on board with that, um, maybe it works. Maybe they all agree and they've all got the exact same game plan and it works perfectly. That'd be awesome. Probably not going to happen. So at first glance, you might think that it's not an option mm-hmm. to 1031 uh, a syndicate from one property to another, enter the swap and drop. So really the nuance here is that you don't need 
the individual members in that syndicate to be the same. It just needs to be the entity and you need to have the same number of members. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be the same person. So Joe Schmo could decide that he wants to leave and Jane Schmo decides that she wants to come in on the next deal. So you can effectively swap out Jane and Joe Schmo. I don't know what I'm using these names for. Uh, you just need to have the same entity. Are they married? Are they, is that a married couple? You know what? I, I, I thought of that when I had the same last no, they're name. Brother and and like, they're brother and sister. They're brother and sister. Completely unrelated. It's just a oh. crazy coincidence. Okay. They're both named Schmo. The Schmoes. Anyways, the point is you need to have the entity that owned the property be the entity that is going into the new property. And you have to have the same number of members in there, but they don't need to be the same. So the way this would work, let's say, is we have our syndicate of 15 investors and we have our property, let's say, um, Schmoesville, uh, because why not? So we have Schmoesville, a nice 50 unit apartment complex, and we have 15 investors in it. And we get to the end of the seven years of our hold and we're like, hey, we got this other opportunity over here, um, Schmoes Town. <laughs> so we want to take Schmoesville and sell it so that we can 1031 into Schmoes Town. So what we're going to do is we're going to sell the one, we're going to buy the other, but everybody has to stay in the deal at this point. So this is the swap. We've just swapped our properties and now it's time for the drop. And this is where any investors that were along for the ride that want out, now they can be bought out. We can recapitalize, bring in new investors to take their position. And this is helpful because now we just had a capital event so that we can accurately peg what their equity is worth. And so they're not necessarily taking it at a discount, which is one of the issues with selling your shares early is that it's not marked to market very consistently or very often. And so at all, at all <laughs> short of a capital event or a refi, you know, like, so you're probably going to have to sell at a discount, not the case in a swap and drop. So that is like the very overly simplistic strategy. And this was also actually come to think about it. So Jeff, Josh, and then Roger, Roger also was sharing his his experience having done a couple of these with me. Mm -hmm. And it's a really cool strategy. It's something that we again, we've never done it. Mm -hmm. It's something that we're exploring in the future because it's really interesting. It's an interesting way to serve our investors by not hitting them with the tax liability. It's also a way for the investors that want out of the deal to do that. It's a way for investors that don't want to like have to go and find another deal for their money and pay the tax tax in the meantime to just roll it forward. So it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's the swapping shop. I don't know what else to tell you. So, yeah, I mean, if you are looking for uh, 1031 opportunities and you're investing in syndications, uh, now you know that this strategy is a resource. So, it's just a matter of finding operators who um, can facilitate that because it is a thing. And for a long time, I, I thought uh, for a long time that th that just wasn't an option. And if you wanted to do a 1031 with a, a larger syndicate, you'd have to, you know, get into this convoluted tick structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now it's, you know, we've got another tool in our toolbox. So I think it's safe to say, we'll definitely be doing this on uh, future exits. Um, but so yeah, we'll yeah. let you know how it goes. Oh, we'll let you know. So hopefully that was interesting. Hopefully that was insightful and put something new on your radar that you maybe hadn't heard about before. If you're an operator out there, this is maybe a new tool in your toolbox. Go talk to your lawyer and to your 1031 uh, qualified intermediary and figure out like, Hey, how would this work? Maybe you can do it. If you're a passive investor, this is a worthwhile question to ask of your operators. Granted, most of them are probably going to look at you and be like, wait, what's that? They've never heard of it. And that's, it's, it's kind of obscure, but it's, it's, it's a pretty, pretty neat little tool. So mm -hmm. that's going to do it for us guys. Hopefully this brought you some value. If it did do us a favor, drop your review over on iTunes. Just go over to apple.itunes.com. 
That's not a real address. You're going to have to Google it or just pull up in your iTunes. <laughs> Why Fine. would you provide a fake address? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't, you can't click on it. I don't know. Just just go find Multifamily Investing Made Simple over on iTunes, wherever that is, and just drop a little review. You're making the sound way more complicated than it is. Oh, okay. It's actually really easy. Just go drop a review. Thank you. That's it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys next week. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.